Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A type of restaurant scam known as friendly fraud has quadrupled since the start of the pandemic. And it's not coming from hackers. It's coming from diners who report the money that they paid for the meal as a fraudulent charge to their credit card companies. Ali Marathi covers the restaurant industry for Crane's Chicago business, and she's here with the details. Ali, can you explain this scam? Yeah, so there's a couple different things going on. So first of all, this friendly fraud, you described it perfectly. Oftentimes, in this case, it's people going in, they're eating at a restaurant. They're not complaining about their meal at all, which is why partially why this is so shocking to the restaurant owner. And so friendly. Yes, exactly. And then they'll you know go home a few days later, report it as fraud to their credit card companies and request a refund. So that can happen with online purchases as well, which is another reason why we've seen this escalate so much in the past few years, because so many restaurants are now offering their food online and they're novices in that realm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the other thing that happens, too, is just from the consumer perspective, first of all, scams are much more likely to happen in in economically uncertain times. And the second thing is that everybody has gotten very comfortable over the last few years buying everything online, which means that they're monitoring their credit card statement more. Mm -hmm. They know how to call their credit card and say, hey, I didn't make this purchase. They're just more familiar with that process in general, and it's happening you know, carrying over to the restaurant. That's a good point. And there's so much that you just said to, to you know, unpack here, really, because I, I want to clarify, these people are calling for like a full refund. They're not saying, oh, I've been double charged or, uh, you know, I, it's more like I don't recognize this charge, like flat out denying that they were even eating at the restaurant. Is that what's happening? Correct. Yes. So, I know. <laughs> so when, right. It seems very brazen. So what people didn't see was the look I just gave you across the <laughs> studio. So, so what happens then? when the fraud is reported? Like, do restaurants have to comply? Right. So it kind of varies depending on who the credit card processor is, who the issuing credit card company is. But basically, on the restaurant's perspective, they get a notice from their credit card processor saying, hey, one of your customers, you know, it's called a chargeback where you ask for your money back. Um, So they get charged a fee, right? No matter what, it's about $15 to $25. And then they have the option to fight it, but that is difficult. That is time consuming. A lot of restaurant, you know, checks aren't large enough for them to even be worth fighting. Mm-hmm. And that is because, you know, restaurant margins are thin. It's the- what about if they start to pile up, though, if enough people are coming back and charging back, you know, these these fake <laughs> charges mm-hmm. like as a restaurant owner, wouldn't I want to? Yeah. I mean, immediately challenge those immediately. The money is gone from their account. So if they don't challenge it, it's it's just gone, you know, plus that fee, which they don't get back even if they do win. So, yes, you would want to challenge it. But the problem is some of these restaurants are small. They don't have the manpower to do it. It sort of takes a lot of, you know, behind the scenes work to do. You have to prove that they were there. You know, there are things they can do to prevent it. It, Having a chip reader, for example, helps. um, But they don't always, you know, win those ones either. So it's, you know. It's difficult for them. And when they're giving back all the money, this includes the tip? This includes everything? Yep, exactly. It's the cost of the food, the tip that they've likely already paid out to the server, and again, that fee, which gets you know gets them pretty hard. And I think something that's striking me right off the bat, Ali, as you, you talk about just the way that this has really quadrupled since the start of the pandemic is the times that we're in. Like, times are 
really tough yeah. for it to have gotten to this point where folks are turning to this as a way to save money. Exactly. I think the last time I checked, you know, the consumer price index, food away from home, which covers restaurants, was up about eight and a half percent year over year. So that is expensive for people. I mean, food at home, aka food at the grocery store is also expensive. And I think people, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, we've seen extra fees get tacked on, whether that's a COVID surcharge, you know, maybe a restaurant has changed how they're paying out tips to their employees to try to make it better for the workers in the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. And I think people, they have their expectations really high. Sometimes it could be that, you know, they've gotten a hamburger and they didn't like how it was cooked or their food was cold when they ordered it on a third-party delivery app. And they're saying, I don't want to pay for this. I'm going to institute this chargeback and get my money back from it. Mm. Any sense of how many restaurants are dealing with this? Like the scale? Yeah, I don't know an exact count. It is hard to know. But, you know, you mentioned it had quadrupled. I think it, the best we can do is look at how often this happens. Mm -hmm. Pre-pandemic, it was one out of every 400 um, charges that this was happening to. So every single person out of 400 that went would do it. Now that is quadrupled. So that's pretty significant, especially if you're one of these small restaurants yeah. that, you know, I talked to, for example, Manny's Deli. They deal with this very frequently. Theirs is mostly online charges that they're dealing with. Um, but it does happen in person as well. And again, those are just very brazen and kind of shocking to the restaurant That's got to be frustrating for them. Yes. And, you know, he told me, the owner, he was like, you know, sometimes these aren't worth my time to fight, but I just hate them so much. <laughs> I fight every single one. Yeah. So you do have restaurant operators that kind of take that more combative approach. So you mentioned this earlier, but but tell us more. How does this eat into their profit margins? Yeah. So um, nationally, profit margins in the restaurant industry are very small, 3 to 5%. So if you're getting charged this 15 to 25 dollar fee on each every time this happens if the bill wasn't high enough to justify fighting it back i mean they, they may have already lost their profit on that meal so it might just be you know what's the point let's not spend the manpower the other thing going on here obviously is that you know since the pandemic and since restaurants started reopening after initial shutdowns the labor industry has been very tight so a lot of restaurants are short-staffed, and they may just say, all right, we can't afford to have somebody spend a few hours on this. Yeah. Let's just let it go and hope it doesn't happen again. And as you mentioned, it was it's difficult to figure out sort of how many restaurants are, are dealing with this. But what do you, what's the sense that you have as to, like, how much money restaurants are losing you know, on a whole? Yeah, that's a really great point. And it totally depends, um, you know, just on the size of the restaurant, the scale of the restaurant. Some restaurants are targeted. You know, I one uh, restaurant operator I spoke with for the story was hesitant to have me quote him in the story because he was like, I don't want to become more of a target for this. But ultimately, he was like, you know, this is such a problem. I, I want it to be out there and I want to be a part of this story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in 2019, the restaurant industry was spending about two and a half percent of revenue on managing credit card fraud. So that includes paying the fee, fighting the fraud and training employees on what to look for. Today, that number is 10%. Okay. So you can see that that's gone up a lot. And I think that's another really interesting point, too, is that, you know, making the switch to, for example, using your chip readers and the credit cards, switching out the payment systems mm -hmm. that these restaurants use, that can be a very expensive undertaking as well. So, Allie, did you talk to credit card companies about this? 
Um, I mean, like, shouldn't some of the responsibility fall on them? Yes. So credit card companies did not really get back to me about this. I did talk to a credit card processor. So basically, they're the ones that the restaurants are using to sort of process all the transactions. And they tell me that they do have a lot of AI that sort of helps prevent these from happening and that that is getting better as time progresses, obviously. But ultimately, it's the credit card company or the bank that issues the credit card company. So maybe your chases of the world, et cetera, that's going to adjudicate, right? So they're the ones that's going to say, yes, this was actually a fraudulent charge. Let's give their money back. Yeah. But another another thing that's happened here is that throughout the course of the pandemic, a lot of banks have made this fraud reporting for consumers just automated. Maybe you're chatting with a bot online. Maybe you're just filing it from the app on your phone. Part of that That's is kind because, of true. And then you get a text back and mm-hmm. yeah, you press one if, you know, right. if it is fraud or two if it's not. Exactly. Right. So is there a human there? Right. And probably not in a lot of these cases, you know. And uh, these credit card companies, one expert told me, they want to make it easy for you to report fraud as a consumer because that gives you confidence in using your credit card for everyday purchases. So there basically just needs to be more of a balance between protecting the consumer from fraud but also protecting, you know, the restaurant, the retailer, et cetera, from bad actors out there. Yeah. So speaking of, of, of the restaurant owners, can they somehow flag people who do this? So a lot of the restaurant owners I spoke with told me that they train their employees to read the signs and symptoms, you know, kind of eyeball, you know, is this somebody that might, is this a, a charge that this might occur on? For example, if they run a credit card and it is rejected for whatever reason, mm-hmm. They may say, don't even bother running that card again. It might be fishy for whatever reason. They might be trying to pull a fast one on us, either have them present a different card or move along. So there are tips and tricks that they've kind of learned, you know, over the course of the years. Just try to pay attention to this and stop it before it happens. So what about security cameras? Could those help? I'm I'm thinking... There are, I did talk to a few folks that said that they were able to track down like, you know, hey, we know who this was. We have a security camera. The problem is that sometimes proving that the person was there doesn't help fight it, you know, and that is what the chip does, right? The chip, you cannot argue that the person was not there if they use their chip reader. But sometimes there's another argument that the consumer is using. It's not necessarily, hey, I didn't make this purchase. Mm -hmm. Someone else was using my card, right? That's kind of your obvious case of fraud. But like I said, oftentimes they're saying, hey, my food was cold. Or maybe if they ordered it online, they're saying, I never got my food. And this was a problem in the retail industry long before the pandemic. You know, they were selling goods online a lot longer than restaurants were. Right. And a lot of the things you see, the reasons you see consumers using this type of fraud, think about if you order your package from Amazon and it doesn't come and they say it did, right? So you say, I never got this package or maybe it was damaged when I received it. Mm-hmm. Those are valid reasons for a credit card company to give you your money back. Right. But it's the overuse of that that becomes a problem. Yeah. And those those examples you just gave, those do happen quite frequently. So, I mean, imagine the, the person who's got the job of trying to sift through these various instances, let alone these restaurant scams and trying to figure out what's real, what's not. Exactly. Which right? is why you can see where so much of it has probably become <laughs> automated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, so I want to get back to what you said. You, you just talked about the fact that this has been an ongoing issue, right? Mm. Yes, we we're seeing this uptick right now, but it seems like a terrible time. It's, it's, we're in the middle of the holidays here, Allie. Uh, it's a big time for restaurants. Mm. They're preparing for holiday parties, 
family in town, right? You're taking them out to eat. Talk about why this is so important to discuss now. Yeah. So a lot of the restaurants I spoke with told me that this is just one more thing, you know, and right now, like I said, they're dealing with inflationary costs. A lot of restaurants have struggled this whole year trying to decide, should we raise menu prices to offset Mm -hmm. our rising costs of goods? Because in the restaurant industry, once a menu price goes up, it often doesn't come back down. So they're really worried about scaring away their customers that they maybe fought very hard to get back after pandemic closures and upheaval there. So there's that. I mean, but could that be a reality? Are restaurants thinking now of of raising prices because of these scams? Is that... I think that this is one thing that adds to that, right? This is a cost for them. I was mentioning, for example, buying the new point of sale systems, you know, yeah. the credit card readers, that all it's goes pricey. into their expenses. Yeah, which are already elevated. You know, training employees, the cost of labor is up. You know, so all of these things do contribute to that, right? How do, how are they looking at their bottom line? That is a question and a viewpoint. They've all changed since the pandemic just because the way the industry operates has changed, and mm-hmm. this is one additional factor that's going into that. So what do you think consumers who aren't scammers (laughs) listening to us right now, what should they do with this information? I mean, is there a need to change their behavior? Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, a lot of questions about this, actually, since I wrote this story. And one thing that restaurant operators tell me is, for example, you know, if you have a problem with your food, tell them while you're there. Do not wait Till you get home and let your credit card company be the deciding factor because they can easily make that right with you right. in whatever way they see fit, whether it's a gift card, recooking your steak, you know, whatever it might be. That's one thing. The other thing is if you're ordering through third-party delivery apps, you know, they all have different ways that they handle these types of situations. So, again, if you're not getting your food, just communicate. You know, if you're unhappy with it, communicate, whether that's with your third party delivery app or the restaurant or sometimes both, you know, because it gets kind of complicated once you're paying for your food through a third party delivery app, how the restaurant is getting their chunk of it, Mm -hmm. how much the third party delivery app is keeping. It can be confusing. So just communicate. You know, I think restaurants are in the hospitality business. This is basically what everyone I talked to for the story told me. We want to make you guys happy as consumers. So give us a chance to do that. The credit card company probably can't do that as well as we can. What if they just go back to cash only? Oh, yeah. There's, I, I had a few conversations with people about that. You know, the, the owner of uh, Manny's Deli was telling me when he he's the fourth generation owner, I believe. And he was telling me when he started working there how he had to convince his dad to let them use credit card readers. And he was like, I don't know. Do I regret that now? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Ali Marati is a Crane Chicago business reporter. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Brenda Ruiz. If you like this conversation, consider subscribing to our podcast for more. And when you do, be sure to leave us a rating. It really helps more listeners find us. All right, that's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.